welcome. This is another episode of the Overclock Podcast, the podcast that comes to you in three parts of five minutes each. And I'm joined as always by my good friend, Gavin Dudley, tech guru to the masses. Ah, <laughs> um, I read a great quote. It says, uh, your tech is not revolutionary if it's not accessible by the masses. And I was like printed it out in A3 and stuck it up next to my desk. <laughs>
suited to migrate and who is not. The, the data is out on that. We don't know if it's going to be older people who can't adapt, younger people who just lack the adaptability. Um, you know, we don't really know how it's going to pan out. The main thing is that we don't know what's going to happen, but we can see the forces converging. Yeah, so a lot of the talk that I've been hearing from like MDs of Microsoft and like the Facebook people is, is um, all, all this 4IR stuff is about kind of connecting everywhere. So like you have computers in everything, you have ubiquitous connectivity yeah, across yeah, all devices, so, all data. So my concern is how are these companies protecting our data? Because you, you're starting to be incentivized to share more personal data. And you, uh, there was just a Bloomberg article about the Chinese um, semiconductor manufacturer yes. that was embedding yes. spy chips into Apple and Amazon hardware yep. to like government yep. hardware to US State Department of Music. Yeah. Oh, well, I wonder what Trump's going to have to say about that. Probably a whole lot's going to go on for weeks. Um, but um, there, there is that. But increasingly, companies are also tasked with having to protect your privacy in ways they haven't before, so they will, can now be held liable for stuff that goes wrong, whereas before they would just throw their hands up and go, sorry, you were the product and that's what happened. Now there will be culpability for them, and uh, a lot of companies are having to prepare for how to manage user data more Too efficiently. Money speak it's like all this lingo. Yeah. like I, it's, it's almost like 5g was for me at the beginning of the year where sure. it's like something that's coming but we're not quite sure when it's going to land and so now suddenly like 5g is becoming the backbone of the fourth industrial revolution because it's allowing for faster machine to machine communication yes so the other thing is that we know that we're not even at stage one it's like with self-driving cars we're now at the place where the human is still sitting there the car still has brake pedals and steering wheel but you know six steps down the line the car doesn't even have brake pedals and steering wheels is driving by itself and you're sitting in the back, you know, yeah, so that's a big, big six steps though. Yes, it is, but that's the whole point, that people don't realize the fourth industrial revolution is not suddenly underway, it's the thing that's going to go on possibly for 20 years, you know, so an it's artificial like intelligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like years. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> No rush. Um, and equally, artificial intelligence, we don't know where it's going to go, but we do know that it's, it's not going to happen overnight. Your jobs are all going to become redundant. It's a process of 20 years, you know, so don't panic. And if you're an accountant, if you're an accountant, panic, because you're going to be made redundant. No one likes you. <laughs> so let's sum it up in 30 seconds. Um, the machines are getting smarter. They're going to replace us all. Uh, look at what industry you're trying to get into so you don't become redundant. We have to learn how to coexist with the machines, and we genuinely don't know how it's going to play out. Cool, and that is time on the segment. Good, done. <laughs> your, your blondie, your blondie is calling me your name. If I speak any louder, I'm going to end up spitting on your blondie, so I'm like trying to keep it out of my... You can share in my blondie. <laughs> no, 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 blondie no. is open to everybody. A blondie is a kind of like, a, it's a cross between a custard tart, a shortbread, and a pudding of some kind. They can't decide, but really it's very blonde. Moving on, cool, moving on. Putting five minutes back on the clock. Um, so, Gavin, you love 4K TVs. You love smart 4K TVs. No, 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 no. It took me a long time to come around to the 4K TV thing. I mean, I, I was a naysayer for the longest time. I was buzz killing on the 4K TVs. Now, in the first place, it's almost impossible to not buy a 4K TV. If you go to the store, you really have to hunt for HD TVs. Basically, they, they've hidden them off the shelves. They want you to move on the 4K TVs. 
I mean, the flip side to that is if we all bought 4K TVs, maybe DSTV would actually like release a new decoder that played in 4K. You know, um, the truth is, the last time I had a very big ass 4K TV in my home, I unpacked a whole lot of content that I didn't even know was there that only became visible when I had the means to display it. And so it's possible that if we do invest today in the devices, we will find the content that we need. All the new TV shows, especially on Amazon and Netflix, are being filmed in 4K. So, you know, they're available to us today, and we know YouTube already has quite a lot of 4K content. So it's a bit of a chicken and egg thing. In the first place, it's very hard to buy a TV that's not 4K today. In the second place, your 4K TV will upscale your ordinary content, and it will look marginally better if it upscales into 4K on the TV. So you can safely invest in a They're 4K all trying TV. to go resuscitate <laughs> from the depths of hypeness. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I don't buy into hype easily, but I can see that the manufacturers are holding the prices of TVs at a point where you basically will have no choice. Yes, I fully believe with that. Um, I agree with you, sorry. Mm. To speak English, actually, I don't know what happens. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> um, so, I, I believe in 40-inch screens as being the biggest thing. Not that. Normal person should be shopping. Again, not possible to buy, a, almost not possible to buy a 40-inch TV anymore. That, 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 that is very true. Mm. So, like 42, 43-inch. Yep. That's yep. where sure. I'm kind of shopping. Sure. And I've noticed that... That used to be the realm of like four HDMI ports. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. And now those are starting to come out with like two HDMI yes, ports. Yes, Which is... Yes, considered little, entry level. So yeah. one too little you have to exist normally. Sort of. So I, I, I believe that most of the content that's being shot, that people are consuming right now, look best at 1080 I'm more concerned about things like high dynamic range and like all those little bits that are being added into the equation. My, my concern is that, I mean, you'd like to think that a TV is a sort of a four or five year investment. In South Africa, realistically, it's like close to a 10 year investment. Yes. So if there's already multiple sources of 4K content available today, how many more will there be in one year's time? How much more will there be in two years' time? I would say quite a lot. And so if you're going to buy a TV today and you think you're going to keep it for 10 years, you can't not have 4K, basically. You know? I, I feel you. I, feel you know, I mean, I, I, no one wants to pay for something they're not going to use. My concern is that um, the writing is pretty much on the wall with 4K. And, and to be honest, it does make a fundamental difference. And when you combine it with HDR, you get the best out of your TV. Yes. So. But you still need very strong internet. No, true. <laughs> so true, so true. Here's the thing. 4K um, movies, and again, I don't like calling it 4K. UHD is the technically yes. correct term. 4K means something very similar but not the same. Um, it's very hard to just go and get those on a disc, especially since all the, the video stores are closing down. But you, you can't get that much data easily on a disc. It's all very complicated. So mostly, you get these kind of movies by streaming them off the internet. But of course, it's like more than twice as much data as an HD movie. And so, you know, you've got to have pretty good internet if you're going to watch this stuff. So that's another big constraint, since we know that the vast majority of South Africans don't have great broadband anyway, so... Mm. Cool. Okay. So we so, can agree to disagree. So I can be honest with you about the smart TV thing, because you take uh, the smart spot into the TV. Well, tricky one. Tricky one. Yeah. I mean, I hear you. I, I think your point, I don't want to make your point for you, but I think your point is that if you're going to get sophisticated software on the TV to make it smart, 
that software has to continually be updated and yes. managed and fixed and bug fixed and so on. And that is true, undeniably that's true. Every every 20th time I start up my TV, it needs to update something, yes. which is profoundly yes. irritating, I can't deny. Um, on the other hand, apps natively running on the TV deliver for me the best quality experience so far, as opposed to external devices which I find never give me the quality throughput I actually need. The closest has been the Apple TV, which is just about the only Apple product I would actually consider having in my home, if I'm going to speak frankly. Apple TV is, is a very, very good product. It has, again, as all Apple products, a few crippling limitations um, that result in me not having it in my home, but uh, it delivers the best quality viewing experience for me. So there I was on holiday in Eisner with the family, yeah. um, with another couple, with the family, with two children as well. Um, kids were in bed, and there was a suggestion, hey guys, let's watch Deadpool 2. <laughs> so, I hope your kids are going to stay sleeping. <laughs> so we try and rent it through DSTV's box office, and obviously it's not our account, and it was a bit complicated, and we couldn't get it done. So I was like, you know what, this is a smart Samsung TV. I'm just gonna fire up Google Play Movies on it and just play it to and cast off from what? From my Note 9, my Samsung Note 9, mm -hmm. to the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somewhere there was an incompatibility because mm. I had to switch on the smart functions of the Samsung Smart TV uh, okay. first, mm. then try to watch something through Netflix, mm. which failed mm. epically. Mm. What I ended up having to do mm. was use Dex mode on my Note 9 wow. to watch on my Note so you 9. you plug your HDMI yeah. into it? Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's extreme. Okay. And like, the person who was with me there, the, the husband, he has a Samsung Smart TV at home as well. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he can't get the new Netflix app, he can't get the DSTV Now app because his software is out there. No, no. Well, I, I have a, a Samsung TV. It's a Series 6. I think it's 10 yeah. years old, maybe 8 years old. Yeah. And it's showing its its age, but it still runs the Netflix app perfectly, but it's slow, yeah. and it's reliable, and it holds. The Amazon app runs, Amazon video app, Netflix app runs, YouTube app runs, that services 90% so of everything I want. My, uh, you might not agree with it, but my recommendation will always be get the best panel you can afford and plug an Apple TV into it. Okay. Well, the, the truth is, you actually, I don't think you can get a non-smart TV today. Pretty much, I mean, smart is defined by having a network connection because yes. that normally means it has the kind of software that can access the internet on the TV. So that's roughly how it's defined. I don't think you can buy a non-smart TV. Maybe, like Lindsay, you can choose to not use the smartness of the TV. Um, oh, I'm, I'm, I've got mixed views on this, to be honest. I've had very good delivery from the TVs I've owned that were smart. They've worked well and reliably and efficiently. I've had bad response from most of the streaming boxes I've owned, most of them Android-driven. The Apple experience was the best of the lot. The Android experiences were terrible. If you didn't get an Apple TV, what would you do? Um, oh, and then there's also the DSTV problem. Yeah, DSTV mm. is good. Um, DSTV's mm. apps are very good now. Yeah. DSTV now app is amazing. Okay, I right. And I like to cast it to like different screens. And can stuff. you get like live sport on that? Yes, you can. Uh, if you have a premium subscription. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Sure, sure, sure. So um, my thing also maybe get a Chromecast. Mm. Imported. I have one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then cast from a device to 
the TV. Okay, but you have to have the DSTV subscription to start. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. I hope we I hope that changes over time. So the, the final point about DSTV is that um, their decoder can't decode 4K at the moment. So even if they were broadcasting in 4K, the decoder couldn't do it. They maintained that they could do it easily. It's not really a bandwidth problem. I don't really believe them because they're going to need twice as much bandwidth or more than they we currently have. We are just about over time, but I just want to insert one small one yes. in there. So in DisplayMate, they, the guys who like check the quality of all displays yeah, yeah. that get made or like certain displays. Mm -hmm. in there. I mean, the mobile space specifically, 1440p, which is 2K, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is being seen as visually indistinguishable from 4K. So my question is, mm -hmm. if there's so many interesting um, 1440p displays on mobile, why are there no TV panels at that resolution? Good point. Good question. Interesting. Display made is fairly authoritative, yeah. so we would have to consider that carefully. Okay. Um, I would have to say 4K color gamut really has impressed me. Yes. You know, I don't yes. buy into hype, but really has to work for me to be impressed by it. It has impressed me. Um, yes, it's RGB, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, you can also sit much closer to the TV. So a smaller TV has more impact because you can sit closer yes. without degradation of the picture quality. So that's also been a thing for me. So I, it took me a while to get around to backing 4K, but I'm there now, and principally because it's very hard to buy anything else. Yeah. Okay. And you, I mean, for us, your your best 4K options are going to be somewhere between seven and twelve thousand rand. Those yes. are top yeah. options for us. Eight, nine, ten is probably the best cool. you can do. Cool. And All that's right. That's it. Thank you. Oh. We need more aircon in this corner. So while I was talking, being a Luddite about 4K, um, an interesting concept emerged in my brain. So we do this thing called the Take-A-Lot Tech Treasure. Every week, we find something that solves a problem in our own lives. So I'm into all Dex thing right now, I'm a mobile computing little hack. You better explain what Dex is, man. Dex, so it's Samsung's desktop uh, experience software that ships on their high-end phones, S8, S9, Note 8, and Note 9. So you plug in the HDMI to the either DexPad or the Dex dock, or directly into on the latest Note 9. On the latest Note 9, directly into the device. You plug the phone into a monitor, basically. Yeah, and then it turns the, your phone into like a full desktop computer. Mm. So your phone has like a graphical operating system, yes. like Windows and something yeah. like that. It, it is that. You don't see that on the phone. That's just what appears on the screen. But I mean, I've used it. I was so impressed with this. You know, I just had Windows open. I was emailing. I was watching YouTube. And you can't believe it's all running on the phone, you know. And of course, you're opening your documents from the cloud. It's like using a computer, except the computer fits in your pocket. The dream we've all had. Mm. So this whole idea of me like just plugging smart devices into a display got me thinking like, what is the best value mm. display you can get right now as a deal on Take One? Yep. Mr. Dudley, I believe you had a couple of good ideas. So, yeah, so my, my, my Note 9 experience came together with my company upgrading the monitor at my desk to a 27-inch monitor, which is, gives you that world domination feeling, you know, <laughs> which is really what we all want as editors of magazines. We want that world domination feeling. Um, and so I had a spectacular Dex experience plugging my phone into this overly large monitor. Um, 
it's 27 inch. It's impossible to believe that I've been working on my laptop screen this entire time. Now that I'm working on a screen that's three times its size, you know, impossible to believe. So my feeling on monitors is I don't think you should bother below 22 inches. Basically, if you're going to get a monitor, start from 22 inches and go up from there. Yeah. Your entry level price would be about one and a half grand. Mm -hmm. I think anywhere between one and a half and two and a half is where you want to be. Better quality experience, slightly bigger monitor, all in that price band. So, so what have you found? My first choice. My first choice, if I, I mean, check my notes here. My first choice is this 22-inch um, Dell. We find that Dell is actually dominating the monitor space. I know you have thoughts on this. Dell, not who you automatically associate with monitors. Normally, Samsung, you associate with monitors, even Asus, others. Not Dell, but Dell's kind of somehow captured the space, my monitor, on my desk. My office is Dell. Um, there's a 22-inch Dell called the Dell SE2216H for 1,600 Rand on Take A Lot right now. I think it's one of their daily deals, yeah. actually. Um, no, the daily deals on the big one. Oh, I see on the bigger one. So, yeah. so yes, if you want a great 22-inch monitor, the Dell SE2216H for 1,600 Rand. So I thought you had zero because we, we don't we don't really see what the other one finds. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought you were zeroing in on that one that was running a daily deal and was like two thousand six hundred rand, which is the size up from the one that. that I, I did like that. I just when I put it in my list here, I took the daily deal flag off and I couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> mm, good. So I found. So so the, everything is going wide nowadays. Oh yeah. Everything is oh, yeah. going wide, and the original maker of the widescreen monitor, mm. LG. Mm. Love LG. With the LG 25UM58-P. <laughs> I love these names, man. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it's a 25-inch ultra-wide full HD IPS LCD display. LG pulled off this clever trick of picking odd sizes, like 25 <laughs> inches. Everybody else is 24 <laughs> inch. 25, you get one extra inch with no, LG. But this thing is running at like 21 by 9. So oh. this is cinematic. Right. 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 Oh, beautiful. Great right. for gaming, I'm sure. So read off that, that number again. It is the LG 25UM58-P. 25 inch 25 wide. inches Jeez. so it's 21 by 9 mm. aspect ratio so if you're watching like a high-end movie yes that's that, shot in that really, really it's, wide it's very wide yeah it's, it's like a cinema screen yeah. beautifully on there and you can run split screen like directly yes. across, and you're essentially getting two regular screens by nine. Yeah. yeah two regular screens <laughs> amazing that's great because then you can have that world domination thing because then you can have your you know your bloomberg sort of yeah. terminal going on the one side and your yeah, your surveillance feeds going on the other side for true world domination. Yeah, mm. and that is going to cost you two thousand six hundred rands. It's two five nine nine on take a lot right now. Okay, okay. I see you on your twenty five inch. Yeah. And for two hundred rand more, for two thousand seven hundred rand, I raise you a Dell SE two seven one seven H, a twenty seven inch monitor. So now I've upped you on two inches for 200 rand. But you're not going wide. It's you're not, not wide. True. It's not wide. It's not wide. It's not wide. But it's enormous. I mean, this is like the size of a car windscreen, just about. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're truly dominating. Okay. <laughs> okay. And Kevin, these are, are just ideas, guys. Those are not take a lot. Take care for the week. Mm. Um, what's happening in your life right now? 
Well, I mean, we're very excited about the hacker personality that we're hoping to pull into the magazine. We're participating at uh, Rage, the big uh, computer gaming expo this week. That seems to be going very well. It sounds like it's huge. Um, Let's see what else is on the go. Um, We're giving away Funko Pops. I don't know if you know what those are. Funko are those little vinyl figures that everyone's suddenly collecting. We've got some amazing ones to give away, including uh, Deadpool and the Joker and so on. But we're we're about to give those away to your last chance. If you want to visit our Facebook page, post a comment, and you'll be in line to win one of those. Awesome. And that Facebook page is? Tech Magazine Czar. At Tech Magazine Czar on Facebook. Cool. Yeah, I'm still... Sharpshooters, S-H-A-R-P-S-C-H-U-T-T-E-R-S, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, that opinionguy.co.za is live. Um, the Facebook page, you can just search for at that opinion guy as well. Well, what's the latest opinion that you've set up there? Uh, that Mercedes and Audi, or at least traditional car manufacturers, are missing the hype about electric cars. Explain. <laughs> That's why I don't have to go to the site and give you traffic. You know. The TLDR is electric cars need a selling point. Tesla hits you on the speed. Like, why do you want a pedestrian electric car? Like, I don't care if it has a Mercedes badge on it. Why? Okay. Why is it not fast? Uh-huh. Okay. We had, this, we had this really funny conversation that I've repeated to lots of people about um, Mercedes self-driving technology and how they're poo-pooing everyone's self-driving technology, mainly because they're lagging a little bit behind. Yeah. But one of the arguments we, we discussed was Mercedes probably has a dilemma. If the car's careering out of control towards a group of school children, should it protect the children or should it protect the customer, the guy who's driving the car? You know, let's look after its customers. That way they'll buy another Mercedes and the children be damned. You know? But that is a topic for another episode. <laughs> okay, let me not be bad-mouthing the potential sponsors. It was just a thought. It was just hypothetical, okay? I'm Lindsay Shooters. This is Gavin Dudley. And this has been... The Overclock Podcast. Good night. Cheers.